All rights we love, all rights we love. What up? Tommy Cole. So, um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of household shit, so I'm a little late. My bad. How are you today? How are y'all? Tell me, man. Tell me in the chat. Yeah, it's Labor Day weekend. That means you should not be at work. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you don't really be at work if you're a woman. Like, if you're an active parent or dad, you are not resting today. I already know. You know how I know? Because I'm not resting today. I didn't rest yesterday or the day before that either. And on Friday, they had us come in for some quote-unquote teacher uh some kind of training, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Golly. But I've been enjoying myself. I, I can't even front. I am such an addict to these podcasters on YouTube. I'm so impressed with everybody. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm eating my burger. That's what I'm doing. I'm eating a cheeseburger. Mm. Mm. Oh, God. It's so good. I made some homemade fries. Come on now. You know how we do. You are supposed to join me eating. What up, third eye size of brew? Yeah. I'm smacking. Sorry. <laughs> but guess what? I am so excited about today's show. I really am. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you. Now, all rights reserved, okay? What up, King V? Oh, thank you for the roses. I love flowers. I really do. I, I love nature. Well, let's get to it. Let me get to it. Welcome to the Tom and Cole show today on Labor Day. Yo, I'm so thankful. I've had time to... Uh, look, uh, let me explain. I'm a Virgo, okay? It's Virgo season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My birthday's on the 21st, you know? <laughs> you know, I hadn't cooked all day, you know, because I was cleaning out drawers I hadn't had time to clean in like a year, you know what I'm saying? Just sc scrubbing my bathroom. I really thoroughly cleaned the children's bathroom, you know what I mean? I, I sanitized the kitchen, you know what I mean? I de I cleaned that frig out of every aspect of my refrigerator. Have you ever, you do you look in your refrigerator? How's your refrigerator looking? Oh, your birthday was August 24th and 25th. Okay, what up, gang? Great. What'd you do for your birthday, King V? Oh my God, that pizza was so bomb. I know I'm a weirdo out here in Las Vegas. I like anchovy pizza. Yes, I do. I mean, it depends, you know, on the restaurant or whatever. But, it, you know, it's a Chicago, it's a Midwest thing. You know what I mean? Even if you're not from Chicago, but Chicago is, you know, like the, it's like the pizza capital of America. I can't even front. Chicago has the best. I mean, I've been to Brooklyn. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I've been to Manhattan. I was not impressed. I'm not even going to front. I went to an Italian restaurant in Manhattan. 
Okay. Maybe that, maybe that was the wrong, maybe the real Italian food places, I can't even go in the neighborhood. Do you know what I'm saying? But where I did go, that pizza was just all right. But anyways, let me see what y'all are saying. Oh my God, where's my glasses? Let's see. You were, oh yeah, yeah, I was doing a live and fell asleep on live. I think I, I might have done that. I might have done that. Yeah, man, we be getting up at like 5.30. And, and that ain't even early enough now because I've been late. They've given me the quote-unquote talk a little. Duh, duh, duh. Well, I mean, because, you know, my oh, my God, y'all, before we get into today's episode, do would you like to hear what what the freak happened this week or do you want to just get to the, the whole shit at hand? Just let me know in the comments. Thank you. You can tell the truth. I don't care. Hmm. Mm. Oh, it's bomb. Yeah, I put, they have this cheese that's yellow, but they call it white American. <laughs> it just happens to be quite delicious. You ever have it at Subway? Mmm. <laughs> okay. So the reason I have been late and I really do have to accept responsibility for it. It's because I have trouble sleeping, okay? I really do. I got a lot of shit on my mind. And then I still get up and go to work, you know what I mean? But I do be lagging a little bit. And then foolishly, I be making a lunch in the morning. And my mother was like, why don't you make them make their own lunch? I was like, because that'll make me even later. Oh, my God. And she said, why don't you make them make it the night before? I said, that's a fucking good idea. So that's what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> there, We're all together. Going to make our lunches in the night. Because I like this job. I finally like where I work, man. Damn. I finally like it. Yeah. The people I work with are decent. The head honcho is cool. You know, the kids are really cool, smart, want to learn. So refreshing. Golly, man. And I don't want to lose that job. What up, Mo, son? White American cheese. Yes. And it's so creamy. I like it more than provolone. That shit's cray. But anyway, I'm so happy to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. I do. I do. I really feel like I can I can expand into some creative sides, but I do have to become more disciplined. I I see where I need to, I have to go to sleep, man. I, I, it's hard to sleep. I'm so excited to live and be living. Damn, man. I'm so thankful to be alive and shit. I be like really enjoying every moment of that shit, man. And I don't be wanting to go to sleep. And then when I I just be like, oh, I gotta go to gotta get, I gotta rest my brain. And I force myself to sleep and shit. But then I wake up at like 4:30 like a motherfucker. Just like when I was a kid. Do y'all did okay? Did any of y'all have the granny who used to be up at like 4:30? I did. I had that granny. I loved her. She was like 4'11. She lived to be 91, Granny Christine Bone. She was so great. She was awesome. Uh, anyway, I used to, I don't know why I'd wake up. I don't know. I'd smell coffee and bacon. 
I'd smell coffee and bacon and I'd hear the radio on. Granny would be listening to the radio. And I would be the little kid that would be like, hey, Granny. And she'd be like, hey, Mickey. Oh, she called me Mickey. And I'd say, can I have some coffee? And she said, well, you know, they said coffee stunts your growth. So I don't want to give you a lot of it, but you can have some. I said, thank you. So she gave me a cup, wash it out, because goddamn, Granny had roaches. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, you know, I'd sit there and eat the goddamn, drink the coffee, and, and the bacon was the best, crispiest motherfucking bacon. I know everybody's snobby now. Everybody's vegan. Everybody eats turkey bacon. But back then, I'm going to eat regular ass pork bacon again, okay? With cheese toast. Granny used to smear that goddamn margarine, as we call it, and put it on that bread and put that fucking American cheese that they used to give out for free, that block. Y'all know, if y'all 50 plus, you know what I'm talking about, that block ass cheese, yo. That shit that just, you know, it would take 45 minutes under the oven to, and then you always overbroiled it and it had the brown shit on it and you still broke that shit in, tore it off, ate that cheese shit anyway. It was the best cheese toast in the fucking world. And that's that was my morning with Granny. That was my morning with Granny. We sip coffee and listen to the radio. And I, you know, I love hanging out with old people, man. Welfare cheese, that's right, Moon Sun. That government cheese, that's it. Third eye. But let me remind you that if you stay consistent with creating content on here, you may eventually become monetized and make this your full-time job. From anywhere, job. You know, that would be really fun. You guys are fun. And I really appreciate you joining in. So let's get to it. I'm sorry, I was in my thinking about my granny because I was looking at her picture. And you know, she wasn't even my blood granny. I don't mean to, you know, I'm just saying she was not my blood granny. She was the mother of my daddy. My daddy married my mother when she was pregnant with me. But I was not his child. But he was so in love with my mother. He married her anyway. Yeah, that's dope, right? And Granny just, you know, she was Granny. Like, you know, I don't know how to explain that shit. I just love her. But anyway, I'm sorry, goddamn. I don't know why I'm thinking about my Granny so tough today. But I am, I'm thinking about her. Christine Bones. She was from Tennessee. The Bones from Tennessee. And then, you know, I met her, you know, Chicago. Yeah. She made every child feel like they were her favorite. <laughs> and that's what I do in the classroom. I make every single one think they are my favorite. Oh, yes. <laughs> I had a teacher like that, Miss Parsons. You know, she was my middle school teacher. Shout out Patricia Parsons, Shagtown, Chicago, West Side, Chicago. I used to go to Frederick Douglass Middle School right there on the west side. I also went to Duke Ellington Elementary to any Chicago people out there. Woo, woo, woo. Shout out. Yup, I used to live in the L's. I used to live off of Lotus and Lake right near Central. Yup, I used to catch the L to school and walk up. 
my mama always used to say, don't take Central. They got the monkey men on Central. I don't know where she said, I don't, monkey men, I don't know why she said that, but it kept me off Central. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Her fucking warning was, took me, it, the shit was accomplished. You know what I mean? I said, like, stay the fuck off Central. You know? No, my family, uh, my grandma people is from Union Springs, Alabama. That's my people. That's the Harveys, the, you know, uh, Owens, um, McGowan's, them people. Oh, my God. I'm taking forever to get to it. And then my grand people, they from Mississippi. My daddy, my grand, my grandfather's people. Mm. Anyway. Mm, I'm sorry. I'm smacking. Let's get to it. So I was just at home chilling. And I've been watching like this whole Michael Jackson thing. I don't know. It's just been his birthday time. And it led me to listening to like singers and voices. And I forgot how dope Michael was. How, have y'all been listening to Michael lately? Oh, I do have family in Tennessee. I do have family in Tennessee. I do. I freaking do. I got to get their last names. I forget. Shout out Fred. My cousin Fred out in Tennessee. My cousin Barbara Lee. My cousin Shay. And then mama, I swear to you guys, when I was little, their mama, as you say, she's the most beautiful lady I've ever seen in my whole life. Our Uncle Derek's first wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, godly. Let me get to it. All right. I'm smacking. Oh my God, it's so good too. I didn't even put mayonnaise on it. Wow, it's that fucking good. All right, anyway, here we go. Let me play this from I'm not getting monetized for this, and I didn't do this for the money. I'm just letting you know that all rights reserved, all rights reserved, based on the Copyright Act of 1976, this is for educational and informational purposes. But if anyone ever decides that, you know, ever want to kick a system down, you know, that would be awesome. But you know, I wouldn't say I can't. They, and plus, I don't get the credit, by the way. I get a little bit, but the people who I present their information actually, they get their profits as well. I don't think I just, you know, don't get, you know, they don't get their money or something. They do. We split that shit. We split all that shit. All right. That's how it works. Well, that's how I'm doing it. All right. Why the new girls can't sing? Let's watch this first. And then. So what I'm doing today, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play some other research type shit. And then I'm going to play Vesta. Y'all remember Vesta? God damn. Wasn't she incredible? Rest in peace, man. I'm going to play some Vesta. Vesta Williams, shout out, from Ohio. And then I'm going to play some Shaka Khan. Some, I mean, I'm just playing a bunch. of. Just watch what I'm doing. And then you'll see. But I'm playing some dope-ass music today. So I hope you kick it. All right? All right. So let me go in here. This is from, uh, 
I can't take any of the research credit. I can only take credit for showing y'all where and who I got the information from. And, it, you know, what is interesting to me, you know what I'm saying? This is very interesting to me. I thought about this. Why the new girls can't sing? And there's no shade to the new girls. It's just to say. Possible through the help of generous donations from viewers like you. Black music Black music artists. 20 something years ago, a 20 year old sang like this. Today, a 20 something year old sings like this. Ever happened to me? Ever happened to me? Ever happened to me? Okay. I am not saying that the new girls don't sound good, nor am I saying that they don't make great music. But what I am saying is that there has been a change in the quality and standard of singing across all a 20 year old sounding like this. Now sounding like this. Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. I just keep them satisfied. No shade, no shade. Some things all right, like reserve, all right, like, reserve. Is this an owl? No, all right, reserve. <laughs> Answer is actually pretty simple. Practice. It takes 10,000 hours to be considered an expert or a master at a task. Word. The old school girls achieved their 10,000 hours before they even thought about touching a major stage. And they would get those hours one or two ways. School and church. There was a time when art was deeply integrated in American culture and everyday life. In 1935, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt enacted the Works in Progress Act and in turn created the Federal Music Act. What this act did was put many artists to work to help rebuild the economy after the Great Depression. So in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, you could go to the community center in your neighborhood and see an opera put on for free or a symphony or an art installation. And even better, under the Works in Progress Act, music education was made free and accessible to the public. So just imagine going into your local community center and getting a free voice or piano lesson from a professional. Again, one, two. And because of the Federal Music Act, music also became a part of the public school learning curriculum. So students in public school systems were learning how to sing, read, write, and compose music from a trained music professional. Every morning, every Monday through Friday, every morning there was a class from nine o'clock to 10.30. So that meant that I had for four years, four years, a voice lesson five days a week, plus my voice lesson on Saturday, six days a week. Who ever heard of that? That doesn't, that doesn't happen these days. As a part of her school curriculum, Grace Bumber got a one and a half hour voice lesson every day. So let's do some math. One and a half hours a day times five days a week, that's seven and a half hours. There are four weeks in a year, that's 30 hours a month. A school year lasts approximately nine months, that's 270 hours a school year. 
She did this for four years, so that it's 1,080 hours of practice. Not to mention, Grace Bumbry and singers like Phyllis Hyman were also a part of their school choirs and choruses. Many years ago, school choir and chorus was just as competitive and actively funded like school sports. These choirs and choruses would compete around the countries against each other for trophies and prizes. The market for this was so strong that many of these choirs and choruses would also cut records. And that's where you'll find singers such as Martha Wash making their earliest recordings. Hold up. I had to pause right there. Does anybody understand what they're talking about right here? Let me get some letters. Let me hear what y'all see what y'all talking about. Martha Wash. Oh, my God. So they're talking about, you know, school choirs. Some charter schools have um, school choirs now. And shout out my homies in L.A. God, these, I, these onions, I swear to God. Sorry, I sauteed some onions. I was dipping it in the ketchup mustard, you know. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, they're just putting words to a beat now. A days, yeah. I mean, there's a crowd. I mean, I, I love to keep the romantic sense of my people in regard to rap. Although I know it's garbage right now. I really, I know it purposely, purposely so, you know. It's trying to just destroy it. Well, it, you know, they destroyed it. Uh, you know, I did. But um, now some people would argue they didn't. You know what I'm saying? They would say it's just representing where it is, you know, where we are as a people, whatever. But I disagree, you know. Anyway, let's get back to Martha Wash. Incredible. So, yeah, school choirs. Was anybody in a school choir? And that's where you'll find singers such as Martha Wash making their earliest recordings. That's right. That's true. But to do school choir and chorus also requires more practice. So, say for instance, you're practicing with your choir two hours a day, four days a week. That's an additional eight hours of practice a week, which means that's 32 hours a month, 288 hours for a school year, and an extra 1,440 hours that you've gotten over your school career. So, you have your 1,080 hours from music class your 1,152 hours from high school chorus class. So by the time you get your diploma, you have gotten over 2,000 hours Man, of training and development for middle free. School. And this doesn't Play even take into account the students who are practicing at home. So I bought this mattress and it came in a box and I was extremely skeptical. Yeah, uh, that's dope. You were in the band? That's dope. In high school, that's really cool. I'm sure you had a lot of fun. I'm sure that was a lot of fun. I can imagine. I played the trumpet in middle school, and I just bought a trumpet because I want to relearn how to play. 
for free. And this doesn't even take into account the students who are practicing at home. Hold up, let me say this again. All rights reserved. All rights reserved. This is for educational and informational purposes. It's looking at the power of the church. You know, a lot of people stop going to church. So that would affect the music, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Because church used to be where people would practice singing or listen to the choir, you know, and get influenced by the church and stuff a lot. But since people ain't going to church as much, that's probably why the music's watered down too, you know? The other way singers would acquire their hours would be through church. A traditional church music training is on par with a music education. And here's how. When Europeans brought Africans over through slavery, they introduced them to Christianity and the music of... Okay, now I disagree with this whole brought us over from slavery stuff. Now, y'all know what's up with that. A lot of us, we was most shit, all, pretty much all was already here. They were snatching motherfuckers off the street, okay? That's what really popped off, you know? And then it was all people. It wasn't just black people. They always looked to push the fucking... To make it like only black people were slaves. It was that's bullshit. It was everybody. It was black people, white people. They really loved slaving up the Irish. You know what I'm saying? The Irish were the brethren of the Rasta, Jamaican, all them people in the islands for show. Like the governor so and so out in England purposely sent a thousand Irish boys, ages 10 to 14, in a ship to Jamaica to be on the plantation to pull sugarcane. And then a year later, they brought a thousand girls from Ireland, ages 10 to 14, to the island of Jamaica. That's why the Irish people and the Jamaican people sound the same and everything, you know what I mean? Because they're all the same people. They've been there for hundreds of years, man. Some have become more white. Some have become more black. Some are those exotical looking weirdo people looking beautiful people. All right. So anyways, where am I? What was this? Okay, so that slave shit, that's that's like, they like that one little piece of the story. They love to overemphasize. Then they love to teach that shit like that. But that is false. That what we learn based on study and books, y'all, documentation, is that majority of the ships did not come to America at all from fucking Africa. They didn't know how to navigate like that. They was not good navigators nor were they good shipmakers. So knock that shit off, okay? And then, come to find out, most of the ships went to Brazil, okay? And Central and South America, you know what I mean? Because the Portuguese was running that whole little slave trade for a bit. And then, you know, they put, got the Spaniards involved, and then, you know, the British Jews, everybody, you know, uh, Arabs, everybody dived in and started snatching people off the block. Some people did sell people. That's why they always be that black people sold other black people in the slavery too. They love to say that shit. But how that was, was like, yeah, there was some people who was pimping, you know what I'm saying? But there was also people who was like, you know, they didn't really understand what type of chattel situation was about to happen. Chattel means like treated like animals. You know what I mean? They didn't know because they had like what they call slavery, which was really not slavery. It was like 
you know, play date, play play. I don't know how to explain it without disrespecting, you know, but it wasn't with, you know, they didn't know that these Europeans was going to do it like that. But anyway, but they did that to everybody. That's what I'm saying. They did that to, they brought Chinese people. They brought Indian people from India over to the islands to do the plantation. Mostly they were overseer types. You know, they put them in management type positions. But everybody was doing all kinds of shady shit. So that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? But yeah, the people that was here that they called black people, so-called Negroes, all got colored. Those people, they were already here, baby. And they had different names. It's just people, you know, try to, they just don't be telling the fucking truth. Go, but anyway, back to this shit. Let's, let's watch this. Through slavery, they introduced them oh, to Christianity shit. and the music of the European church, which by nature is classical. So if you listen to traditional gospel music at its root, you will see and hear that the music and techniques of gospel and classical music are very similar. What up, Mpoo? Thank you for tuning in. I'm just the time I need him. He's always In these churches, there was someone called a minister or a director of music. An example of this would be Sissy Houston or Maddie Moss Clark. This person was usually from a music education background and was in charge of picking all the music that would be sang in the church. In addition to this, they would work with choir members on vocal technique and also piano and music theory to get the Sunday music right. So you have your singers like Aretha Franklin and the Clark sisters who acquired thousands of hours of musical training because they were in church literally from birth. So you have your schoolgirls and your church girls, and then you have your singers such as Leona Mitchell and Dionne Warwick, who sang in both school and church. That's hours and hours of training. But let's also remember the context of the times. There was no social media, so these girls had very little distractions. But also, this is the early to mid-20th century we're talking about. So no matter a family's social economic status, many of them kept a musical instrument in the house because it was through music that many families bonded. Just think about how many singing families were cutting records together in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Well, remember when kids played outside 
and would make up songs to hopscotch and jump rope to. The girls were practicing and putting in hours when they didn't. Oh, uh, okay. I grew up in Chicago. Did anybody remember jumping double dutch? Did anybody, did any of y'all jump double dutch? I I wasn't that good at it when I was like nine, 10. I was like hanging out with the kids who were like a little older than me. They were like 12, 13. I was like nine, 10. I wasn't that, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I didn't have rhythm. Like <laughs> I was clumsy. I, I didn't have it. I would still hang out with them though. They were amazing. They were amazing. You know, my name's Mika. I'm tooling gang. If you don't like it, I shake my thing. My sign is Virgo, and that's all right. I can't remember that. Uh, uh, she thinks she bad. Bad enough to kick your ass. Uh, she thinks she cool. Cool enough to wear Sassoon. Uh, she thinks she fine. Fine enough to wear Kevin Klein. Ah, oh, girl, stop your line. <laughs> Anybody remember any of that? Anybody grew up with any? I don't know if LA did that as much, but I know in Chicago, jumping double dutch was like a rite of passage. Like you ain't a real girl if you can't jump double dutch. Like you were frowned upon if you didn't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? It was real out there. And Pooh Arturis, there are some great singers out there, but many aren't allowed to go mainstream. Some of these great singers are mostly heard on college radio stations that are ignored or unknown due to weak signals. Damn. It's true. Even it's, I'm a prime example of that, Impu. I would say, you know, I'm not a trained, no, actually, I did get trained a little, but I'm not a traditional singer in the sense of, you know, these people where I'm about to show you guys and play, you know. Um, but, you know, you're right. Yeah. And, and some women, they their careers didn't go as far because they didn't want to play the game, too. They didn't want to have to be put into a box. That was, they say, they they said that was, I think her name was Tanya Blount's issue. She she was signed to Puffy and then, you know, he wanted her. But you know what? I get it. I see his side though too. You know what I mean? Let me tell you what happened. So we're going to watch her show. We're going to watch her story, but, you know, because she ended up homeless and stuff, you know, but, you know, doing 50, 60 songs in the studio ain't cheap. You know, it's expensive. And then they had an agreed upon situation. She agreed she would do a gospel album, you know. And then all uh, 50, 60 songs later, she on some, I don't really want to do a, a gospel song. I, I think I want to do pop. It's like, come on now. I done, this is what I signed you for, to do gospel. Why are you tripping? So then, you know, as leaders, you know what I'm saying, people look at you when you doubt yourself. Now I doubt you. You know what I mean? Like for real. So then he just was like, fuck it. So then he got, he had signed Brandy and Mario Winans and Mary Mary. That would have been a dope compilation album. All these gospel singers, you know, with these gorgeous voices that there was going to sing more R&B-ish, gospel-ish, mish. That would have been amazing. That would have been so cool for my generation. You know, we were listening. We were looking for some new gospel music. You know, Take Six was like the last for real mainstreamy-ish gospel group that was really I mean that's not true. Um what's his name? Do you need a revolution? Woo woo what's his name? He had his choir, but in general, take six, you know, so if, if Puffy would have been successful, but you know what? That was I think when bad karma was popping because he was cheating on Kim, you know, with J Lo. 
you know. So and then he had that that situation that happened in the club. So who knows what had to happen with that gospel album? I don't know. Third Eye Sire Supreme. Yeah, you have to get down with the Buffalo Club to get that machine behind you. Professor Griff, Griff already told us what it was. You gotta go through one of those doors. Woo wee. Woo wee. It's all I I I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I I feel like I was spiritually guided to um avoid certain situations. You know what I mean? I ain't never even get past a certain thing, you know, to be trying to know about it, you know what I mean, on that level. But this is all hearsay, you know, everybody it's a hearsay situation. You know what I mean? But I personally can't say I don't know about that part. But let's that's what they say. Hours when they didn't even know it. So what happened? Well, it's pretty simple. The girls just aren't getting their hours anymore. In the late 70s and early 80s, under President Ronald Reagan, the government began defunding art education and public school systems. And that is why programs such as the Save the Music campaigns were created. And over the past two to three decades, younger generations of people have been steadily stepping away from the church. So the two places that bred musicians the most have now been compromised greatly. But another important thing to remember is that once upon a time, there were a lot more careers available in music. I was, I was devastated. I looked crazy. I Typical career path for a singer would be they start in a group or a band, sing background, then graduate to a solo career. Hold up. Do you know who that is? I think that's Melissa Morgan. Y'all remember Melissa Morgan? She was incredible. Incredible. And they they just disrespected her career, yo. Golly, man. Look up Melissa Morgan, man. She was really dope. Really dope. Those years of banged and background singing were more and more hours of training. And up until around the 1990s or so, you can make a good, honest, sustainable living in music without being a superstar. People think, away. they always think it's sudden, don't they? <laughs> but it's not sudden. Overnight no, success. No, of course it's not. I've been working in nightclubs uh, in Florida for a few years, and then, then to New York, and getting into jingles by accident. A lot of it is by accident. There is a market for people who sing and wrote jingles for big products and brands. Laura, your voice is in a lot of commercials now. Mm-hmm. Tell them some of them they would recognize. Uh, Y'all know the Reebok spot. You got to play like it don't even money. Play like you never get hurt. You got to play. You could be a demo singer, singing demos for big name artists. Oh, uh, I... Love Vesta. Any Vesta heads out there? She was absolutely so fucking just, she was just so adorable. She was funny. She was charming. She was sexy. You know, so sad. Dying in a hotel. Ain't that something? She died in a hotel. At first they tried to say it was drugs. 
They didn't find any drugs in her system. Then they just said she had an enlarged heart. Now, she did lose like 100 pounds quickly, kind of. So, you know, if you lose weight too fast, they say it can affect you. So, I don't know. I don't know, but I really liked her a lot. Let's see. I grew up seeing girls playing double dutch. They were amazing. My god sister was great at it. Ampu says, even in her 40s, back in the 90s, she slowed down traffic. Ah, Third Eye Sire Supreme. The majority of anyone in the entertainment industry that have made it big had to do some strange things for change. Those that didn't want to get down most likely got sidelined. I would say that was true for me. And Pooh says, Melissa Morgan was awesome. My favorite by her is now and never. If you play some Vesta songs, I would probably, man, I'm about to, man, that's what we're about to do right now. Vesta. She moved, she had all, her name was Mary. Mary Vesta. Her first name was Mary. All her sisters had names that started with M. Margaret, Marta, and Marlena. Yeah. Her dad was a, a, I think he was a musician. And, you know, he wanted, you know, he was, she was already exposed to being in the game. I got to play some, I think I'm going to wait. Let me, let me play this video first and then I'll get it to my best the moment. I, I just thought she was fantastic. You know, she did sound very much like Shaka Khan. And if I was Shaka Khan, I, I would, I don't know if that, that would probably annoy the shit out of me if somebody sounded like, just like me and shit, like, or like could mock me or mimic me. That would annoy me for real, for real. Yeah, because Shaka is a G, you know, but so is Vesta in a different way. You could be a demo singer, singing demos for big name artists. Well, like, I used to demo a lot of records, and there was a club beat that came on, and two guys were like, Damn, she just died. Rest in peace. She just passed. I don't remember her name, this sister right here, but she sang a gang of songs that we just all took for granted. Baby, if you want me, you got to show me love. Remember that song? And Pooh says, Rest in peace, the Vesta, Phyllis Hyman. Vesta was underrated. Vesta was looking good, big or small. Yeah, because her essence was huge. She was just a really big energy. She really was. Oh. This sister wrote, I don't know, man, like maybe 40 songs or something. I forget her name, though. Big name artist. Well, like I used to demo a lot of records, and there was a club beat that came on, and two guys were like, oh, um, here's some lyrics. You know, at the time, I was getting paid 150 as a demo. Mm -hmm. And... um. You know, he said to me, oh, if you put this demo down and I don't have a melody, but if you make these lyrics work, I'll give you $300. So I was like, 300? Okay, focus. Right. And one of the best things you could do was have your own club act. Having your own club act at a local supper or dining club was a very respectable career. But sooner or later, there has got to come a time when you've got to do right now. Also, how many singers would get discovered and get their first record deals? Before releasing her debut album, Whitney Houston covered this entire gamut. She sang jingles. Tonight is unmistakably. She sang demos. 
she did background work and she did a club act before she released her first record. That is hours and hours of private training and development that the current crop of singers no longer are able to get because these careers are no longer really available. But even after signing a record deal, a singer was still not put on stage immediately. There was a thing called artist development. So at labels such as Motown and Columbia Records, artists were enrolled in singing, dancing, and acting lessons to make sure they were well. I'm sorry, I just had to ask, why is Aretha Franklin's finger in her mouth like that? Like, what is that? That's odd to me. Was she trying to be sexy, but in a kid kind of way? Is that what that is? You know, because I got to remember, this is supposed to be the early 60s. Was she trying to be like, I'm hot? Is that her come hither look? What is that? Uh, that was odd to me. But anyway, <laughs> back, to the, back to the show. rounded performers before it was time for them to be presented to the public. Maurice King was our musical director at the time. He said, I got two things that'll help you, okay? First of all, you gotta be aware that the cold kick, that's why you see me with this on, right. even though it's hot outside. You know, you gotta keep your vocal cords warm. Right. And he, he told me for the first time, your top note is a B flat in your natural voice. Right. If you go above that too many times, you won't have voice. And that's what I do now. I stay in my key. Artist development is no longer present in today's music industry. So you have singers who are being taken straight from Instagram and put on the Grammy stage. They are being expected to do the same work without the same preparation. And the result is what we hear today. The homogenization of sounds in mainstream music, girls not being able to replicate what's on the record, running into premature vocal issues, but most importantly, not being prepared for the rigors and demands of the music industry and ready to leave after the release of their first single. I am not saying that one generation of singers and musicians is better than the other. But what I am saying is that today's singers and musicians are a direct reflection of how life and politics impact art. Thanks for watching. I hope you learned something. what did y'all think of that? Let me, I'd like to get some feedback. Let me see. Sissy Houston was, this is Ampoo. Sissy Houston was highly demanded for backup singing Luther Vandross would not record without her. Yeah, you can hear that on, you can hear that, you can hear that on uh, Whitney's songs too. The third eye says, possibly trying to be sexy. She was more than likely told to do that by her handlers. Ugh. Let's see. Aretha Franklin Ampoo was trying to appeal to the men with that finger in the mouth. Ah, uh, wow. Because you know she had her first baby at like 12 or, and then her second baby by like 13, 14. Yeah, this is just a lot. I'm about to get into all that, but let me let me play something else first. Let's see. 
then we're gonna get into playing some individual people just to vibe and chill and listen to some stuff. Hey, thank you guys for hanging out. I really do appreciate it. I really, really do. Right now I'm just, I put it in my history so I'd have it on hand and I'm looking for, I looked up so much stuff that I'm just going through my history. Let's see. What is it? I think I wrote her name down. I did. Clarissa C. So. She be going off. Let's see. She be going in. She be going. And what are y'all doing today? Are y'all barbecuing? Are y'all eating good today? Let's see if this is the one. This might be the one. Let's see. Oh, thanks, Third Eye. That's really cool. I think this is the one. I'm just showing y'all stuff I've been watching, so I thought you might find it interesting. Catchy song. A lot of so just check this out. It's connected. Go check. Nowadays, out. when it comes to the music industry, it's easier to gain fame and go viral from a catchy song. Oh, no, all rights reserved. This is this is for informational educational purposes this is from clarissa c let me subscribe to her right now she does fantastic research for those who are interested in a little t slash history and academic type of style but she's very intelligent uh, i mean and she's very intelligent longevity in the music industry why fan bases matter i i think this is the one that i was looking at earlier um because it connects to uh this bubblegum bullshit that we've been forced to have in our ear let me just press play a lot of new artists are able to propel into the limelight to the point their stardom becomes so rushed it doesn't leave room for development fame becomes so easy artists aren't generating a reliable loyal fan base and in turn aren't able to keep their relevance in the music industry hold up nine poop uh, third i'm sorry no Tamiko, do you ever watch Unplugum's channel? He goes deep into the music industries. Let me write that down. No, I never heard of Unplugum. Oh, that's a clever little name. I'll check him out. Thank you for thank you for that. Okay. Artist development is a process any musician goes through to develop their craft and skills necessary to build a professional career in the music industry. This includes everything from voice, songwriting, image and branding, music and video production, live performances, marketing, and even social media presence. In the early 2000s, a lot of artists had to work for their spot. You were literally competing just to be noticed, not just from labels, but from fans. Artists will spend six to eight hours a day alone vocal training and dancing to perfect their craft, which of course did not come easy. 
The entire process looks good during live performances, but behind the scenes, it takes a lot of practice and physical and mental energy to bring their shows to life and give their fans a great performance. The main point of being an artist was not just to deliver vocally, but to deliver a great performance to keep your fans devoted. Even if you're not a dancer, your vocal ability was enough to captivate an audience. Mariah Carey is one of the best-selling artists in the world and has been touring since the 90s. She relies on background dancers to make her live performances more exciting. And even when she sings an upbeat song, she simply sways to the beat glamorously. Mariah has the privilege of doing so because she has such a beautifully broad vocal range. It wasn't as easy back then as it is now because you either had to have both or one or the other. Basically needing to prove yourself before labels backed you. In 2019, Summer Walker released her successful debut album, Over It. And while her album received praise, her tour received a lot of backlash. During this time, Summer was giving lackluster performances and blaming it on her social anxiety. Now I heard about this girl. Now I'm eating some banana cream pie. It's really delicious. I promise you. Oh my God. So good. Anyway, I had listened to Summer Walker's first album. She sounds like a very strong student of Brandy, right? She sounds like Brandy to me. Like she studied Brandy. So does Scissor. But anyway, I'm not a fan of Scissor's lyrics. But she, her tones, the ones like her vocal tones and her, she's clever with her riffs or whatever. They're both like students of Brandy to me. But anyway, I heard about this girl. She was like walking off stage and crying on stage and like cussing at the people and walking off and all kinds of shit. You know, and they was about to see about dropper and she got pregnant in the middle of the shit. With a producer, it was a lot. It was a lot. So she was a hot mess. But I heard they've been working with her because you know she's been really making some sales. She's a very talented young lady. But she didn't really have good stage pressure. They got her out the strip club. You know, a lot of these chicks got it put on. Remember Eve? They found Eve in the strip club. Mace allegedly found her in the strip club in Philly. Right? And then I think Remy Ma, she was some kind of whatever for big pun, whatever. Allegedly, allegedly, right? I think Nikki might have been legit. I don't know. Um, Cardi, you know, she from the strip club. Doja Cat was on some freakalicious teeny bop sh sexy shit. You know, all these chicks was from some fast life. You know, they wasn't really... They're not from the church. Let's just say that. I don't know.
issue was Summer has revealed before that she was a stripper. So some people found her social anxiety excuse completely unprofessional. Her lack of energy, stage presence, and late arrivals was really rubbing fans the wrong way. Luckily, Summer is taking the Mariah route and improves her stage presence drastically since her debut album's tour. Sweetie is a rapper who got success and fame from her catchy upbeat freestyle track, Icy Girl, released in 2018, which is a song that launched her into mainstream stardom. She's been featured in countless songs with mainstream artists like Doja Cat and Janae Aiko. She has fame and popularity, but when it comes to live performances, her stage presence has been heavily criticized due to her lack of breath control and unpreparedness. Compare that to the acts like Beyonce, Janet Jackson, Usher, and Chris Brown, who have the best of both worlds when it comes to performing, you really see how the bar is very low when it comes to the new music artists in the industry. Beyonce, one of the greatest acts of our time, although she has been performing for years, even pulls herself together to ensure her fans get the best of her. Baychella has to be one of Beyonce's best performances, not because of the performance itself, which was phenomenal, of course, but more so because of the work she put in to achieve it. Beyonce was originally supposed to do Baychella in 2017, but because she has given birth, she had to take a break coming back to perform in 2018. And boy, did she come back. In order to achieve Baychella, Beyonce went on a highly restrictive diet, cutting out bread, carbs, sugar, dairy, meat, fish, and alcohol, working tirelessly 16 to Hold up. I had to give it to this sister. I wasn't a big time Destiny's Child fan. And, you know, that's what really the younger girls, whatever. But once I had like, I met Beyonce's mom. Like I worked with her and Kelly. Yeah, I'm in that Kelly Nelly video. You know, that song. Anyway, she was cool as shit, right? Kelly was cool. We both big feet. She, she wearing 11, I wearing 11. Oh my sister but anyway beyonce works her ass off like she, once i really learn she really works she thinks she is a workhorse okay i got i gave her nothing but respect okay and people always want to talk about her or whatever not so much as much anymore i don't know i heard some shady shit popped off but I know she was probably responding to some bullshit. You know, Virgos can be very petty. They can. I'll admit it. But she don't start no shit, though. She don't start no shit. You know what I'm saying? If she bounces back, it's because people are stupid sometimes. And they assume just because you're a kind person that you're weak. And just because you're kind don't mean you're weak. I'm sorry. Um, anybody like artichoke dip? I mean, some artichoke and some rich crackers. Mm, God, it's so good. I really, I'm really chilling today, for real, for real. But yeah, um, she's nice, but she's not no punk. 
And that's what people learn every time. She always gets a bitch back. And then they want to flip it like, oh my God, she's not, she's not as nice as they make her. Yes, she fucking is. Yes, she fucking is. She just ain't no punk. She will fuck you up. Mentally. <laughs> or maybe physically. You know what I'm saying? I had two people that went on tour with her. My girl BB. Shout out BB. If you ever watch this, she was the big Afro chick that used to play the guitar when she went on tour. Well, you know, when they did to the left, to the left. Anyway, in that time when she had an all-female band, my homegirl BB was the girl. And I don't know if it was before that or after that, but my homeboy make believe. Shout out Make B Frazier. He's a dancer. He went on tour with Beyonce. They went to Japan and all that shit. So, you know, I got a little inside scoop. Oh, mm, my God. I told y'all when y'all watch my show, you supposed to get you a snack. I told you. Every time. Because I'm not eating a lot. Like, when I'm eating this artichoke choke and spinach dip, which is freaking amazing with a little jalapeno. Oh, my God. Creamy. Yeah, just a little bit of crunch. Um, I'm only eating, like, three or four of them, right? <laughs> I had a nice little cheeseburger. Very small. I had a few homemade red potato fries, pan fries. You know, I got the strawberry soda pop. I'm about to get that out the freezer. As a matter of fact, let me go and press play and get my strawberry strawberry drink. Mm-hmm. 18-hour mm -hmm. days. Although she reused choreography from her previous tour, she implemented an entire theme paying homage to the HBCU experience. She added a twist to the Coachella stage that will forever reign as the best Coachella experiences. Marching bands, major red dancers, and step, the performance brings light to Beyonce as an entertainer and the amount of work she did to bring Beychella to life. You see this black box right here? Well, I'm going to show you something right now. Some people are concerned that they might have to go for a long period of time without power or electricity. Oh. That's why 4Patriots is blowing up with tons of requests. Swear to God. Because of social media platforms like TikTok, it has been relatively easier to get into the music industry. If your song goes viral, you instantaneously become the next big thing. So much that big time artists are going to want to hop on your song to catch the new wave. The problem with this is that artists aren't able to maintain their relevance. Although there has been a few that maintain their claim to fame, there's more that faded into obscurity. All because they weren't able to keep their music flow, they got too comfortable, or weren't able to deliver quality albums or soundtracks to their newfound fans. When an artist takes the time to release quality music, it is greatly appreciated by their fan base. So much so that it makes their behavior excusable. R. Kelly is one of the greatest R&B male vocalists of the 90s and early 2000s, and despite his actions will always be remembered for the countless hits he released. Even so, he was arrested for his advances towards a minor in the infamous 2002 video. He didn't get tried until 2008 and was acquitted of all charges. During 2002, when he was first exposed for his actions until 2008, when he was tried, he managed to release five platinum selling albums, including a joint project with Jay-Z. Yeah, this man was literally on trial for inappropriate conduct with a minor who was 14 years old. And still managed to sell platinum selling albums. Five of them. Five. 
His actions will forever be marked in history, but that did not stop his fans from supporting him. Even when he was finally charged and pleaded guilty, in 2022, after R. Kelly pleaded guilty, his streams have risen more than 500% in the week following his conviction. Because R. Kelly has built such a cult following since his debut in the 90s, he will forever have fans that in their minds separate the music from the artist. The Baby is a rapper that blew up in March of 2019. His debut album peaked at number 7 on the Billboard 200. His second studio album, Blame It On Baby, released 2020, peaked at the number one spot, scoring him a number one song with Rockstar. The Baby accumulated a lot of success since his debut, but his recent actions in 2021 leading to 2022 has a lot of people side-eyeing him as a person. His rise to fame and getting away with murder inflamed his ego. And yes, I said murder. In 2018, the baby was arrested after fatal murder of a teenager inside a North Carolina Walmart. Wait a minute. I didn't even know nothing about that until Dave Chappelle said something in his comedy. Y'all remember that? I didn't know shit about it. He was like, the baby killed somebody. So then I was like, what? So then I looked it up. And he did. He did. You know, but the dude, I guess he felt like he felt threatened. The dude was following him around like a fan and taking pictures or whatever the shit he was doing, you know, and, and the baby felt threatened. I think the kid pulled the gun out on him first. So that's how that went down. The baby has since said he was acting in self-defense and was acquitted of all charges, making him a free man. Being dissolved of all charges, then releasing a number one charting album definitely made the baby feel like he was untouchable. He has acted out on numerous occasions in the media to the point it painted the baby as a bad person. Now, let's go down the long list. He punched a female fan in the face during one of his concerts. He called the cops and kicked out his baby mother, Danny Lay, and their newborn at 3 a.m. He brought out Tory Lanez during a Rolly Loud concert after Megan just performed. And mind you, this was during the time that... Um, Megan pressed charges against Tory Lanez for assaulting her and the cherry on top was his LGBT comments that were made at Rolling Loud. After this, his reputation went into shambles. He lost endorsements and his shows started getting canceled left and right. He did issue an apology, but it didn't save much face. In 2022, The Nail in a Coffin was the baby releasing a song in which he insinuated that he and former friend Megan Thee Stallion were intimately involved with each other. He did this to bring buzz to his album, Baby on Baby 2, and to his dismay, it did the complete opposite. His first week's sales were projected at 20K, which is his lowest selling album to date. The baby has been mainstream for less than five years. He hasn't fully solidified himself, and his actions have not been the most appealing to his fan base. Hence his easy decline in the industry and inability to sell albums and tickets now. Now, I will tell you, that I've seen the baby's brand new videos. Them shits are visually Eminem candy. I swear to you. Should not be watching the baby video. Go watch the baby video. Oh my God. These new songs. Hey. I'm just saying. If you knew how many of these people we've always looked up to actually lived, you wouldn't like nobody, man. You wouldn't like none of them. I promise you. You got to be kind of janky to make it through that shit. Yes, I said janky. <laughs> That's a 90s word. So I don't, you know, um, hey, it's grimy. It's all grimy. 
Despite all odds against an artist, a loyal fan base will forever keep their name alive. In the midst of erasure or public scrutiny, an artist will never be alone in their battles with their fans in support of them. Janet Jackson is one of the most influential people of all time, not just from being a part of the most notorious musical family in history, but from her contributions she made throughout her music career. And I would go in there and just watch my brothers rehearse all the time. Warning, you could soon lose your job because of what's happening inside this building you see behind me. Goldman Sachs. Everything I could, I'd try to be in the middle of with my brothers. They always had fun and I loved being around. Janet has sold over 100 million records worldwide, attaining 10 number one singles, five Grammys, 10 MTV Music Video Awards, and the list goes on. Her albums have been so impactful that her legacy will forever reign next to her brother, Michael. Unfortunately, one mistake in her career almost erased her entire legacy. In 2004, Janet Jackson performed at the Super Bowl alongside Justin Timberlake. As part of her performance, he was to rip the bra piece of her bustier top, exposing the red lace piece underneath. Unfortunately, the stunt did not go as planned. Yes, it did. <laughs> Anybody remember that shit? I remember that shit. That was the best Super Bowl party I ever been to. Oh yes, I remember. All the people from Chicago in LA have parties and invite all the other people from Chicago. It's like a Chicago thing, but everybody does it. Like when I was dating this Ghanaian homeboy back in college. I would go to his parties and everybody from Ghana knew everybody in LA, you know? All my Belizean homies, shout out. They all knew all the other Belizeans in LA. It's like that, you know? But anyway, I remember that shit. And I was like, wait a minute. Did I just see her titty? <laughs> and everybody was like, what? Did we just see? Because it was so quick. Like it was like snatch, boom. Like, it was like a half a second, but you saw the full titty come out. And she looked down just like that. And he looked like, I knew this shit wasn't going to work. Yeah, that's what his face looked like. I definitely feel like she knew what she was doing. I just think she didn't expect. I think she was warned not to do it. Look how smushy that shit is. Look right down. It's all yellow. And the rest of her shit is brown. It's funny. Anyway. Let me rewind. Because that shit was incredible. That was the most incredible TV up to date at that point. Almost erased her entire legacy. In 2004, Janet Jackson performed at the Super Bowl alongside Justin Timberlake. As part of her performance, he was to rip the bra piece of her bustier top, exposing the red lace piece underneath. Unfortunately, the stunt did not go as planned, as it ended up exposing her whole nipple for thousands to see. This entire performance is what led to Janet's almost diminishing career. Les Moves was the CBS chairman and CEO. All the backlash received from the Super Bowl performance infuriated him, leaving him on a mission to destroy Janet. Moves even went as far as ordering Viacom properties, VH1 and MTV, and all Viacom-owned radio stations to stop playing Janet's songs and music videos, which consequently affected the sales of her Demita Joe album, which was released just a month after the Super Bowl. She went on countless apology tours, but it wasn't enough, and her career never fully recovered to what it used to be, but only with the newer generation. 
Janet's albums broke constant barriers in the music industry. Her intricate sounds and unique performances ingrained her role as an R&B and pop star, but also as an inspiration to future musicians that will soon follow in her footsteps. Hold up. <clears throat> Does anybody else like strawberry soda pop? I love strawberry pop. I put it in the freezer. You know how you put it in the freezer and then it gets slushy when you put it in the in the cup. Oh my god, I'm having so much fun right now. I can't take it. Let's see. DMX tried to tell us. <laughs> okay, so look, I think that she thought that she was just gonna have the little star, the little red thing over her nipple, but that's still doing too much at the Super Bowl. Like, why would you think? Why would you think you could do that? That's whack. Les Moves tried to erase her, but her legacy is beyond what he can undo. She basically birthed and inspired the most iconic females and males in pop and R&B that came after her. When your fan base becomes the next musicians, it shows the work and dedication that you put into your art that will never be forgotten. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I just want to say one more thing to wrap this up. Although it has become easier to become famous in the industry, growing a legitimate fan base has become a lost art. Fan bases are what keeps an artist relevant, historical, and will forever revive your career. You want people to remember the imprint you left in the industry, and they truly are the only key. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah, that was, that was pretty dope. So, I have some more things for you guys to see. Thank you for hanging out with me. Appreciate it. All right, so let's keep going. So, Vesta. Oh, my God. I love Vesta. Anybody else love Vesta? So, let me play this little Vesta clip when she was on Arsenio Hall. Remember Arsenio Hall show? Let me see if I can find that. Here we go. Let's play that. Where'd it go? Excuse me, guys. Hold on. Just burp. Hold up. Hold up. Oh my goodness, hold on people. Let me take it off of here for a moment. <clears throat> oh, YouTube. I give thanks for YouTube. I wouldn't have been able to really be doing this if, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't for YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you could just click in to where it says Tommy Co's show. Like type it in, T-O-M-E-I-C-K-O show. And, you know, I, I told y'all I used to sneak onto the uh, Arsenio Hall show when I was um, in high school. I used to sneak on the set all the time. I used to sneak to the Arsenio Hall show all the time and eat the snacks in the back. Oh, yes. I used to do that all the time. So much fun. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them celebrity people. I don't even remember the names of everybody. Let's see. Tomiko, you know you ain't right. Third eye. <laughs> I gotta give me some strawberry. Hey, it's delicious. Okay. I don't know what part of the region of the country you are, but I'm in, you know, the West. It's a dollar. It's on sale. Just trifling a whole fucking 64 ounce. That's just, I don't need all this. It's ridiculous. Anyway, here we go. Beautiful. 
Now there's a new reason. Really? Really? Your, uh, your voice is in a lot of commercials now. Mm-hmm. Tell them some of them they would recognize. Uh, y'all know the Reebok spot. You got to play like it don't even matter. I love her. Arsenio, look at his face. I got to rewind that. Arsenio's, look at Arsenio's face, y'all. <laughs> you have a great voice. I remember I used to go on the road with different people like uh, Chaka Khan, Tina Turner, and you were background singing for these Shaka, people. Yeah. And, and sometimes Shaka wouldn't come to rehearsal because she's a star. And, uh, and Vesta would do her rehearsal. Do Chaka. I mean, she can do Chaka and Tina and all these people. Y'all want me to do Chaka? Yeah! <laughs> Chaka, I love you, girl. <laughs> all right. You ain't got no kind of feeling. Yeah. You're looking good. I want to talk about angry sex. Um, <laughs> what do you think about angry sex? I think I'd like to try it. See, I don't know if I could deal with you. I heard your boyfriend has a foot fetish, and that wasn't even in the book. Is that true? Yeah, he got a toe-sucking thing, yeah. But see, that's why I keep my feet manicured and pedicured, see? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's important. Mm -hmm. It's important to keep your feet looking nice. And uh, <laughs> right now, America is like... <laughs> Uh, yes, it's important. Uh, and you smell good. That's important. What, what are you wearing? This is called a visage, but, you know, I told you during the break that it's important to smell good because you can't get nobody to uh, be interested in anything Yeah, if, if, if it don't smell good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ah, um, let's see. So, when does the... They are a mess. <laughs> oh, let's see. You better take your butt to the gym. I heard all them snacks. Oh yeah, I've been working out a little. I've def I lost like four pounds. You know, let me see. The biggest I was was you saw my face when we were in um, Arizona at Sedona. Excuse me. Oh my God, I was just like, oh my God. And then I got to Costa Rica, and I didn't eat as much. And then I was walking around up those hills and down the hills, all the way to the beach and stuff like that. So I lost some weight since I've been working this job. I walk a lot around. And I'm trying to do what they call intermittent fasting sometimes, like, you know, just not eat from sunup to sundown kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you, mm -hmm. well, anyway, let's just watch the rest of this clip. The movie come out. That's <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> quick transition. I love this jacket. Well, thank you. And I'm so happy. Aren't y'all happy to see me sitting out here? Yeah! You've been out here before. I came out here and said good night. You said say goodbye. That's I said bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> but you was here. That was like the foreplay for the longer conversation that we're having right here. Oh, okay, I'm ready. Are you all right? You just so wet. Oh, <laughs> the LP is called special. And wait a minute. Now, see, didn't she say she had a man? Now I know if 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 Arsenio pushed his nasty. I mean, excuse me, his napkin. On my boobs like that, you know what socked that fool. I'm not even kidding. He would not be playing with no Arsenio. What up, Powerful Empress? What up? What up? 
Busta had a voice like thunder for real. She really was a goddess on the earth. She really was. With this dude putting his hands all up on her breast, this is, I mean, she's flirting too. Do you know who she was dating at the time? She was with Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis. She was all love. She was in love with Bruce. Y'all don't remember that? I remember that. I was really into Vesta. But um, he dumped her. Like, he was cheating on her with uh, Demi Moore. Peach is the bomb. Peach Pop is the business. And the other is the underrated Green River is the business. Are You be knowing that, Pooh. Dude, put them in some ice cube trays and put them in your water in the summer. I promise you it's a nice little drink. Takes weeks to drink one soda. Allergic to sugar. Yeah, I agree. Small amounts are cool. Yeah, she was with, yeah. When she did that song, congrats. I might show y'all that clip. But um, she was, she, she, it wasn't happening to her yet. And then after she did the song, he ended up creeping with um Jimmy Moore. The LP is called Special and it truly is special, and, and so is Vesta. Thanks for stopping by, and have a good weekend. I love you. Wait a minute, I'm going to get one. Um, <laughs> wow, that was juicy, juicy. I want a goody, goody, any that much. Yeah, yeah, that was some juicy kissing right there. I got to rewind that. I like that. She was flirting her ass off. He was flirting with her. And she said, give me one. That was sexy. God damn. You don't see that on TV too much nowadays. It's called special. And it truly is special. And, and so is Vesta. Thanks for stopping by and have a good weekend. I love you. Wait a minute. I'm going to get one. Um, That was hot. <laughs> Vesta Williams. Oh, I love Vesta. Vesta was the ish, man. I want to play this Vesta jump for y'all now that I'm thinking about it. I was watching some Vesta earlier. Since I'm getting none type of, no monetization, just none, y'all. I promise you, you would be really, really, uh, you know, very thoughtful to this Virgo if you were to donate even 50 cent, 99 cent to my cash app. Like, Please, all rights reserved. This video is for educational and informational purposes, Copyright Act of 1976. And it is, yeah, to the Tommy Coast show. I'm putting effort, I'm DJing. I really am doing a type of DJing. Y'all know this, right? I'm DJing videos, yeah, and introducing y'all to other types of stuff and entertaining y'all this afternoon. And I really do feel weird about it, but I know that these big time ones, they be they be asking for it and they be getting donations and stuff. So, oh, okay. I want to show a little bit of this Vesta performance. First of all, because this song, I love this song. This, tell me if you know this song. She had a few hits. I mean, she had Vesta. She was just such a huge personality and she could sing and she was beautiful. You know, it was just deep, man. She was just incredible. This before she blew up, blew up. This is like her first thing. Tell me if you remember the song. Hey, I remember that. I had that same hair to the ninth grade. Like it's your hair, but then you get a weave sewn in in the back. It's like a tail. They used to call it a tail. Your name is Dracula. You suck the life right out of me. With a thing of reality. Why did I 
God, that bumps. Oh my God. Does anybody remember that song? Oh my God. One's bitten. Hey. Sunshine Bruce is down. Yeah. You don't remember that song? Got bumped. I that shit was bumping. You died from losing weight too quickly. Yeah. That's what led to the death of Oliver Hardy. Really? And Chubby from the Little Rascals. Really? Wow. Didn't it reach any billboard charts? You know what? I don't know. Let me, I'll look it up. I love this song though. She had she had so many like little cuts that was like if you ever used to read Ebony magazine, Jet magazine, the little one, they would talk about the hits that was popping for the black people. You know what I'm saying? The black people. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily on the billboard or any of that, but in the black people community, it was popping. You know what I mean? Let me see. This is a cute little performance she did at the Apollo. I'm gonna play this one. Yeah, she was just an adorable figure. You know, I hate that she. She passed like that, you know. I'm not gonna play the whole song, but it's such a good performance. Like she had such stage presence, you know what I mean? Like to look at these uh these little young ladies of today that just literally just don't know how to stand on. They might be feeling like a, you know, it's supposed to be like the BET awards or the Soul Train Awards or whatever. And even the rap ones, they all just look like I'm at the amateur show, and I hate that. Look at this sister. Like, look at, she just fucking commands the stage.
goofy she is so goofy i swear to god you see the she is just I, most of the women i've dated were bbw like vesta three of them were virgo haha uh -huh. really what sign are you i'm not surprised then pool you're very cerebral you're very mentally you know what i'm saying i could tell you're like highly intelligent let me show you let me show you Oh come on! Oh, this, 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 this interaction. It's it's the audience See, this is how I know my world be too small. That's my homeboy Donovan right there. That's my boy Donovan right there. Shout out Donovan. Dang. Yeah, I know a lot of people back in the day, man. But Donovan I met in L.A. You know, when you do music videos and you do a lot of music videos, I tend to work with, you know, I work with a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? And Donovan, he was in uh, Juice. I think he was in like an extra in Juice. He was just always at like Def Comedy Jam in the audience. And this is this is him though. And shout out Donovan. I ain't seen that fool since the mid 90s. Um, I think I, I did Afro Puffs with Rage. Shout out Rage. One of the most incredible rappers from Virginia via Def Row Records. Um, anyway, yeah, we did Afro Puff together, I think. But this is. So yeah. Yes, she did. Yes, she yes, she did. Aquarius, yes. That's like my husband. He's Aquarius. Shout out Dino Volume 10. I am gonna rewind this running man shit because this is just amazing slash hilarious. She's giving me Lizzo, but with like a little more class. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
That was an incredible performance. Oh my God. She made me feel so happy to hear her singing. Golly. She was amazing. Karen White and Shaka Khan. Man, let me tell you, I, you, I, I would be a hater if I, if I couldn't admit that Karen White was incredible. I wasn't a Karen White fan, but I could totally respect her beauty. And her singing, I just didn't like that early in the morning. I didn't like that song, but I could totally know. I I, I know she's a great singer. Now, you know what I mean? But Vesta is just, I just, golly, man. Vesta is just, she's a ham, first of all. You know, you just want to watch her perform, you know. Let me play something else. Let me play Vesta when she was on, before she passed on Monique. Remember Monique had a show on BET? Yep, and she had just lost his weight and stuff, man. Watch this. Please welcome our girl, Miss Vesta Williams. Yeah. Yes. You look awesome, but Miss Vesta, before we even start talking, sister, can I say you look absolutely amazing? Thank you so very much. Ah, Thank you. Ah. And listen, you are working my nerves with this orange up in here. Okay, okay. I'm trying Come to on now. Come on now. Come on now. Now, we, okay. We got to get right into this because there was this song called Congratulations. And when every woman around the world heard that song, we cried with you, baby. We wanted to whip his ass. We wanted to go to the church and fight him. Oh, that my God, yes. And I mean, it is in full blast. Now, you wrote it, you sang it, you did the video to it, and then what happened? And then it actually happened. Oh. Yeah, then it actually happened. My face was cracked. My heart's been broken. Listen, when I ran into you in acting class at Chip Field, yes. I was crying for that, for that. Wow, sister. So that was real. It was a premonition that came to happen. Let me ask you We wrote it sitting on the floor in MCA Records, on the floor in the writing room, Tina Clark, myself, and Gary Floyd Prince. 
And I'll never forget it. The first time we got to the hook and I hit that congratulations as we were writing it, it was like electricity in the room. It was a presence, a spirit, the God. Now, Vesper, I've seen you perform that song. I've seen you go up in your face where they had to call the fire department because the roof was on fire. Don't make me start crying. Okay, sister, this is what I want to know, though, because I watch you leave. Like, I like watching artists leave when they're singing in your mouth and you go to this place. Do you go back to that very moment when it was real every time you sing that song? I call it the pain channel. Mm. And when you go, you got to go to the pain channel. Because these beautiful people, they feel it with you. They take the ride. Yes, ma'am. We go on that emotional roller coaster every single solitary time together. What I love about, though, our timeless sisters, you can understand every word they're saying. I mean, baby, you can spell it out. You can say it because y'all mean it and you're dedicated to it. Now, let's talk about the new music. Oh, what's happening with the new music, Miss Vesta? Ooh, I am so blessed to be able to tell you that I have a new project. It's called Seven. It'll be released in July. The first single is out right now. It's called Dedicated. Please go to YouTube. Check it out. Yes. Dang. Dang. She was only 53, man. She was only 53. She'd be 63, 63 right now. Yeah, she was pretty dope. Let's see. I'll be stuck on her for a long time. Let me keep moving. All right. So, yeah, Cece Peniston, you know, she was another youngster. But I used to love me some Peniston. Finally, it happened to me. Riding foot on my face. And I can laugh and get smiling. Wow. Look. We're going to play a little CC Peniston. Y'all remember her? She does look like Kamala Harris. <laughs> it might be of the same tribe or something. All right, reserved. This is for educational. Come on, don't play with me in AM Records. CC Peniston. I ain't trying to make no money off y'all like that for real, for real. was one of my favorites in that time keep on walking keep on walking remember that song keep on walking i ain't talking that was my i had just broke up with my boyfriend robert i used to play walk keep on walking every day multiple times a day for weeks oh Keep on. 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 Keep on.
it right here first of all i love me some cc peniston and she was only in her early 20s but who knows about mickey howard i've been rich and i've been poor but while well, i found my own my dog oh let me subscribe right now miss mickey howard i did not know she's incredible mickey howard uh one of the dopest Still alive. She had so many hits. So many hits. She says her and Michael Jackson messed around. I believe that. <laughs> Why? Because, okay, so the thing is, anytime uh, anybody from the Midwest or whatever would come to, um, let me play this right quick. The Anytime people from like Chicago or St. Louis or Gary or Detroit would move to LA, Mrs. Jackson would allow the kid, if it was a kid, like a teenager, you could stay with her. She was very sweet. She was very kind. And Mickey Howard, she stayed with them. And Michael was fine. And Michael was, there was all these teenagers, the, the barges was living there when they was teenagers. That's how Latoya was messing with one of them. And then Janet was messing with James. Uh, they was uh, they was horny little beautiful talented teenagers and they all was messing around. Okay, so anyway, Mickey Howard used to mess with Michael. Quit playing. Michael was a player. Like quit playing. Like I've been really I'm, I'm a Michael head. You heard Michael was messing with Stephanie Mills. He was messing with the fucking Tatum O'Neal. He was fucking Diana Ross when they was doing the Wiz. Quit playing. And he was motherfucking fucking with Mickey Howard. Okay. And he has his honeys on deck, but he wasn't all obvious and extra. I would have shit like his brother. His brothers was all married and getting married and shit. He was like, why the fuck y'all getting all married all young and shit? You know, you're going to be out here fucking these hoes. Why y'all doing this to these girls? So he didn't like that. And he was a good guy, but he was getting this cracking. He was, come on, come on. Michael could have got it from me. Quit playing. I grew up on a Mickey Howard side effect. Yes. She's amazing. So let's play a little bit on Mickey Howard, just for those who may not remember slash know who she is. Mickey Howard hails from Chicago, Illinois, as the what daughter of you. gospel music royalty. Okay, so so many black singers came out of Chicago because Chicago was like the Mecca for gospel music and the blues and stuff. And a lot of pastors from the South moved to Chicago and it became just a big ass Mecca. So if you lived in Gary or Detroit or St. Louis or East St. Louis, you would come. Chicago was where you would come to the big conventions and stuff like that. So a lot of singers came from the Midwest, those areas in particular, because the background really is the church. Shout out to Black Music Archive yet again. All rights reserved. This is for educational and informational purposes. This is about Mickey Howard. 
all time dopest, one of the dopest to ever do it. Her mother is Josephine Howard of the Gospel Caravans, and her father, Clay Graham of the Pilgrim Jubilees. My mother and father are both musicians and gospel singers, and they were very good. Um, my mother definitely did train me because since I can remember, I always wanted to sing and, you know, I want to be a star. So she was an amazing, amazing artist and taught me lots, you know, the diaphragm, all of the do's and the don'ts and, and everything like that. And then my father gave me the stick to of it. Yes, you, know, you can do it, you're the best. No, like that sort of thing. Jubilees and caravans were frequent visitors to New Bethel Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan, where they would sing for Reverend C.O. Franklin and his daughter, Aretha. Off the heels of such songs such as Respect, Think, and Chain of Fools, Aretha would go on to be crowned the Queen of Soul and would soon make her return back to gospel music with the release of her album, Amazing Grace which is a complete full circle moment. And the choir singing for Aretha is Josephine Howard. And watching all of this happen from the audience is a young Mickey. I'll tell you something, the day that Aretha Franklin or that whole week or whatever came to Los Angeles to record uh, the Amazing Grace album, I went to every rehearsal I could possibly go to. I was one of the only kids allowed at rehearsal. I mean, I, James Cleveland, was, we called him Uncle James. He knew I had to be there. I just, you know, and it's, it's, it was so major to me. I never, ever, 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 ever forgot it. Sort of like before Rita died, like three years before, um, um, we were talking on Facebook because she had gotten on Facebook. It was hilarious. Somebody posted like, oh, when is the, the film going to come out or whatever? And I said, it was the best day of my life. I'll never forget it. And then she hit me back. Hilarious. It's like, Come to the party. I, you, you in New York. Come to my birthday party. Because you know, da, da, da. And the Alzheimer's Association walk to end Alzheimer's. This is why we walk. Last time I saw Miss Franklin, and it was about being at that, you know, that concert that was a major thing in my life. Surrounded by music legends from birth, it was no surprise that Mickey would soon go on to forge her own path in music when she joined the group side of it. That was school. Oh, uh, see, she just was even saying that was school. She was a teenager singing like that. What up, Tyrone Church? Reverend Dor Thomas Dorsey was the godfather of gospel gospel music. Pilgrim Baptist Church in Chicago is where uh, who's who in gospel can perform. So, yes, I used to go to the People's Church of God in Christ on Madison on the west side. And they were in the, I remember they were like telling us about uh, her name. I never knew if it was Adderline or Adderline DeBarge, Mrs. DeBarge. She was Reverend DeBarge. She would always come to town and it was a big deal. So you're right. All these big time people were like celebrities in black world. It's true. And the, and the gospel world was very competitive and you had to be on top. But yeah, Mickey, this is her as a teenager, y'all. Ah! Ah! 
That was school. I was in a wonderful university uh, under the tutelage of Augie Johnson, Greg Patton, no, Greg Matta and Louis Patton. They were like uh, like little fathers to, to a certain extent, you know, um, in terms of it developed me as an artist. One would teach me harmony and one would teach me protocol and, and one would, would teach me high notes and where to get them. And, you know, and Augie was always, you know, this, 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 you can't do this, you do that. Discipline. Discipline. With Mickey as the front woman, the group would tackle and blend many musical genres, such as rock. Gospel. And the power and the glory. And they even reworked a disco classic, Georgie Porgy into an R&B and funk masterpiece. I always like Georgie Porter. I don't, I think they always put my vocals too far down in the track. Mm -hmm. Like they had one, Take a Chance and Dance. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. And my vocals are so far back in the track, I sound like, With her work and side effect, Nikki's talent could not be denied, and soon she'd begin her career as a solo artist upon signing with Atlantic Records, where she'd released her debut single, Come Share My Love. Which wasn't originally intended for her. Come Share My Love was written for Whitney Houston. You know, it's too soulful. And so they give it to me, and to me, I was like, I don't like this song because, you know, I, I carry from, you know, funk and, you know, Greeks, you know, here's a wage. That, that's what it sounded like to me. So I tried to throw stuff in it or whatever. And it would work. The single would skyrocket into the top five of the R&B charts, sending Mickey into superstar. In the span of five years, she'd release eight top ten singles, including two number ones. But even with hit albums and hit singles, Mickey was no stranger to the discriminations and prejudices of the music industry. We were divided in those days in terms of uh, we had uh, we had the pop and the pop people get everything. And then you had uh, the urban. And, you know, when you were confined to urban, you were confined to urban. They would never cross this over. You say, You're black. You know, you stay on the black side. I song, I Want to Run to You, which is one of Whitney's hits, was written for me. Yeah, and the company said, it's too pop. Because I, I was never supposed to be driven into pop. I was supposed to be uh, R&B. Damn, see how racism even messes up music? That's terrible. <sighs> Man, I'm just so annoyed. Yeah, a lot of authentic sound and live instrumentation. Mickey Howard and Augie Johnson sang back up on Roy Ayers and Wayne Henderson's album, Primetime Circuit. Yeah, yeah, it's so much beautiful music out there, man, that should be played on the radio, like, regularly. Like, kids need to stop trying to do music right now until they figure that shit out. And all this Afrobeat, yeah, it's cool. No shade, but it all sounds the same to me. You know, I, my daughter was my DJ while I was driving us to Legoland in San Diego, and she played Afrobeat the whole way. 
And I like some of it. And some of it was just really monotonous. It all kind of sounds the same. And I do like that one song that's out right now. I don't know the dude's name, but he's singing with Selena Gomez. That lo, oh, 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 lo, 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 lo. Y'all know what song I'm talking about? But uh, I ain't trying to, yeah, I ain't having Africans music just be playing on American radio. We got too much American black people music to be to be doing all that. Like, no thank you. You know whatever. Every white artist, pardon me, I don't mean it in a bad way. You know, you heard them from Taylor Dane and all the way down. That came out of my era, Debbie, this and that, all of this. And they got, to this day, they living better than me. They still get more money. And without the fight, without the fight, I got to fight. So it's not, it's not, it's like never, it's not changed. Have you ever wondered what would happen if- That sucks. It really just sucks, you know. Side effect. Love Under New Management is just, uh, and she made so many classic hits. You know, that was when you, what was that girl, Bell? What's her name? Yolanda Bell or something, Bell. Them singers right there, make it like it was, was her name. That girl, I mean, these chicks were in their 20s. Hello. We're unpaid volunteers. So, yeah. I don't mind watching. You've had many hits, some of which you, wrote you have uh the writer's credits as well but i'm more curious about Thank were you, you involved in girl. the vocal arranging yeah. and production of those yes i was involved in the vocal arrangement and production of most songs i sing that are recorded oh definitely <laughs> so why uh why aren't or on a lot of those records why aren't isn't your name they don't call you that back in those days like now women are i'm a producer you write me down, I'm a writer and all this stuff. It was just like you did what you had to do to make that record right. But women don't get the credit for doing the things that we do. Yeah. That's why you don't hear that I wrote this, 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 and this. No, when I was a kid, you hear you heard them talk about like this. And I'm still, and I'm that next generation, and I'm still talking about it. We don't get credit. And if you guys have gotten the credit, you would have gotten more money. Staying confined to what the industry considered <laughs> black exactly. music also meant doing more work for less pay and smaller venues. The overwork, constant stress, and pressures would lead to Mickey losing her voice. I lost my voice. Yeah, and people talked to me bad too. Once I was in a room with two of my girlfriends, they were singers, right? And one hadn't seen me in a long time. We were, and so she was standing over there near the piano, you know. And she, and she said, "I thought you said Mickey can't sing no more." She said, "She could, but she can't now." Oh, <laughs> I said, "I hear y'all." Oh, man. <laughs> of so did course. you have to like change yeah. how you sing mm -hmm. after? Okay. I had a you know, sing with your heart, not your throat. It, literally, there's no reason why I can sing and you can't. Uh, our vocal cords are the same. Everything is the same. It's just the way I think or the way you think. It's different. We think different and how to emote and project that. You know, there's no physical reason. According to me, that left me with, you know, God, you know, God, if you give me back. You know, when I had first heard her say that, I was like, that's the most incredible way to explain singing. That was so so left brain. Did y'all hear that? She said, 
there's no reason you can't sing. You can't do what I do. It's just a matter of how you think. Damn. But you think it's different. We think different and how to emote and project that, you know, there's no physical reason. According to me, that left me with, you know, God, you know, God, if you give me back my voice or whatever, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Not that I wasn't, but I worked so hard that it's, you can't keep your throat and work that hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times without without the proper microphones and the band is too loud and I got to do two shows, three nights and four nights in a row and mm-hmm. then stay up all night breastfeed or, or babysit or somebody got a fever. and You know, it was really difficult. And um, the tiredness is what takes your voice away. Women to get weary wearing the same old shabby dress. Damn. But you are who's weary. Try a little But she bounced back and continued to release critically acclaimed and Grammy-nominated albums. While many regard her as one of the greatest voices in R&B, Mickey's heart has always been in jazz. Imagination is funny. It makes a on her debut album, she reworked the jazz standard Imagination and turned it into a top 15 R&B hit. She'd portrayed jazz great Billie Holiday in Spike Lee's landmark film Malcolm X. And she'd even released a critically acclaimed tribute album in Holiday's honor. Today, Howard is continuing to shed light on many of Jazz's unsung female artists. One of the things I've tried to do in my career is to keep the legacy of others alive, especially ones that did not have children. Like Billie Holiday didn't have children. There's no one to wave her flag. But of course, she's, you know, we're all her children now. Um, Abby Lincoln deserved the same thing. No one to wave your flag. She's amazing, you know. So I'm, I'm working on keeping Abby Lincoln's legacy alive at this time and uh, making her songs uh, known because they're certainly, uh, they're really needed today. We need to hear these things. Our children, when they hear them, they go, I love this. I never heard that. Why would, because, you know, these were, our songs were our instruction. Our songs were how we stayed in contact. Life is a school. Bless your And the learning brings you pain. Our songs are what blended us. If you came in from Africa in, in, in America and you are, and the natives are, that's how it is. So come do this with me. Do this. Now I'll come in from Africa. This is how we have to flow mm-hmm. in order to, to be, you know, what we're supposed to be in life. And, and that's what I do. And she's been doing it. For over four decades with no signs of slowing hold down. Up, hold up, That was deep as hell. Let me see what y'all saying. Hold up. 
Time to medicate and get the workout going. Oh, thank you, Iron Pool. Thank you for sharing your time. I really appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. Thank you for thanks for hanging out in pool. Right on. Have a good workout. Be safe. have any parting words for the viewers live your life give your love each and every day okay all right thank you if this is your first time with peloton that was really profound what she said live your life give your love and did she say enjoy it or something like that Check out this. I was going to do total. I'm not going to do total. I'm going to do Tanya Blount, though, because her story made me trip. You know, I mean, these R&B sisters, man, they be having problems. Okay, so this is a shout out RRG. They sell the bomb ass snacks, and I really appreciate their research. And the lady's voice is really nice. This is their company. It's called RRG. They sell these dope ass, like really high level snacks. Here we go. Appearing on the TV talent show Big Break, hosted by Natalie Cole, Tanya Blunt was signed to Polydor Records. And while recording her debut album, she landed a role alongside Whoopi Goldberg and Lauren Hill in the 1993 film Sister Act Two. Her debut album, entitled Natural Thing, was released in 1994, and three singles, including the song Through the Rain, made it on the Billboard R&B chart. She received a Best New Artist nomination at the Soul Train Awards, and she really thought her career was headed down the right path. But the DC Natives label was going through some internal changes, and she got dropped. It was her first taste of how the music business will chew you up and spit you out. But things got even worse when Sean Diddy Combs signed her to Bad Boy Records in 1996. To give you an idea of how things went for her on Bad Boy, her manager told the Washington Post, we got caught up in Puffy's vortex. This topic requires something to munch on, and we know you're hungry. So head on over to rrgsnacks.com, our online concession stand that has an assortment of beef, turkey, and bacon jerky, buffalo ranch popcorn, and butter toffee peanuts. Two years after getting dropped from Polydor, 19-year-old Tanya gave birth to a baby boy. At some point, she also got married. In 1996, she signed with Bad Boy at the height of the label's popularity. Diddy was anxious to turn her into an R&B superstar and linked her up with legendary songwriters who had written tracks for artists like Whitney Houston and Barbara Streisand. Tanya commuted to New York to work on her album, but preferred to live in D.C. because she enjoyed being near the large and educated Black community. 
She would later further her education by attending Morgan State University. She told the Washington Post that initially her association with Bad Boy Records was very productive. She was able to work with some of the hottest producers and wrote lyrics for herself and other Bad Boy artists. Tanya also recorded the song I Love Him featuring Mace. According to BadBoyBlog.com, the song was supposed to be featured on the label's first gospel album entitled Thank You which was executive produced by Diddy and Hezekiah Walker of the Love Fellowship Tabernacle. Diddy was heavily involved in the formation of her solo album and would put his trademark stamp on all of her songs. He guided her throughout the recording process, was, and she was very excited for her music to be heard. You think, how did, give me some more details. How did he derail Lauren Hill? I know that. Uh, I need some details. Bust that. What? Well, anyway, that's her story, but I want to, uh, uh, do y'all want to watch more of this or I was going to move on to some other people? Anyway, that's Tanya Blount. Don't forget about that, sister. She was a really good part. I want to show y'all this Shaka Khan thing I was tripping off. Actually, let me see if I can find This is really nice. Shaka Khan. Hope y'all still hanging out with me. All right. All right. When you say the name Shaka Khan, what comes to mind? The little woman, the big hair, or the bigger voice? She is one of the most influential vocalists of all time. And it's time that we break down why. This is Explained Shaka Khan. Born Yvette Marie Stevens in Chicago, Illinois, it was in her childhood home that she was exposed to a lot of pop and jazz music. And it was through this exposure that she discovered her ability to sing. Shaka is not like other divas in the fact that she was raised Catholic and did not get her musical start singing gospel or in the church. She gained her musical experience by singing in various music groups throughout Chicago, one of them being The Shades of Black, an African culture band that promoted pro-blackness. And it was during her time in the band that an African shaman bestowed the name Shaka upon her. She would continue singing in various bands throughout the city until the age of 17, when she joined and became the lead singer of a group called Rufus. Shaka is but a teenager when the group records and releases their debut album in 1973. Using these early years as a baseline for her voice, one thing is clear. Shaka is a natural singer. There are some singers who come out and they just technically have it together. And in those instances, there are teachers who will actually refuse to teach them because having to think about or learn a technique would actually do them more harm than good. One of the greatest signs of Shaka's technical development is her ability to sing the highest notes at will in either her chest or her head voice. Yes, Shaka Khan has a head voice and a very good one at that. 
the head voice and falsetto typically lives on the U and E vowel. And that's where you'll find Shaka using it the most. In this clip here, Shaka is singing high G's but bouncing back effortlessly between her head voice and her chest voice. at work, check out her song, Pack My Bags. <laughs> on the same breath, on the same word, she'll transition from head voice into her chest voice without an obvious break. I've been saying Nicki Minaj and Shaka Khan look like family. They certainly do. She could certainly play a young Shaka Khan. She really could. She really could. <laughs> That shows how connected and coordinated her voice is. This is impressive because there are singers who will prefer to just belt a note or to only use their head voice. But a good, well-developed singer will have options on the same note. And to really hear the difference, let's hear her singing these same vowels in her chest voice. the note is thinner and it doesn't have the same depth and darkness as a lot of people will say that Shaka doesn't have a head voice and that is simply not true there are two muscles that control the voice the TA muscles which are in charge of the chest voice and the low notes and the CT muscles which are in charge of the head voice and the high notes. Shaka keeps her TA muscles or the chest voice incorporated when she's singing these higher pitches and when a singer does that the head voice or the mixed voice will sound like a chest voice. <laughs> is why people confuse Shaka's head voice for her chest voice. And to be able to keep the chest voice engaged that high is a skill that takes years to master. And she came out doing it naturally. A lot of people associate Shaka with sounding like a horn. But if you listen to those first few Rufus albums, you'll hear that the voice didn't start off that way. People put things off and put things off and put things off. And I think the oh, best, best gift you can ever give yourself is the greatest smile that you can have. Oh, 
the early years, her voice actually sat lower, but it had a darker, bigger, more booming quality. And that is because she kept the throat open throughout the entire range. It isn't until around the mid-70s that we begin to hear the horn sound enter her voice. It's a Now let's hear how the same line sounded two years earlier. It's a crime. So once again. In these early years, you'll notice that Shaka generally turned the horn on when singing at the top of her voice. still, the sound would not be as horn-like as it would in the years coming. In the 70s, Shaka would also have two children, the first in 1973 and her second in 1979, which also happens to be around the time she began pursuing her solo career. And the more she begins to sing on her own, you'll hear that the pregnancies didn't have much of an effect on her voice. One of the biggest things you'll notice with her late 70s and early 80s voice is that the horn sound that she uses at the top of the voice is becoming more and more pronounced than in the years prior. Let's take a look. Simply said, Shaka is beginning to now sound like Shaka. Laban Rufus was a leader in the funk movement of the 1970s, earning Shaka the title of the Queen of Funk. But her early solo work showed that she could sing anything. I'm Every Woman, Papillon, and Clouds took her to the top of the disco charts. What You Gonna Do For Me made her a force in the R&B world. To this day, I Know You, I Live You still remains a dance anthem. But to really understand the depth of her artistry, one must listen to her eponymous 1982 album, Shaka Khan. Twisted show she's at home singing rock music. And I am tied to your strings. And twisted. I'm just 
And she even tries her hand at country western music on Best in the West. Best in the West, that's your name. Making love claim the But one of the best showcases of her vocal and artistic excellence is Bebop Medley. What was the process of actually putting this all together? Many, many. Okay, see, I personally feel like, hold on, let me turn this water off. Jazz is exactly where Shaka Khan is going to master all of this because she was the queen of funk, but I wouldn't limit her to just funk. Yeah, yeah, the whole emotion, the way you drink, sleep, smoke, all that. In this song, Shaka makes a medley out of six jazz standards. Covering a vocal range of over three octaves in five minutes. She sings all the layers of the front and backing vocals. This song earned her a Grammy Award and pulled up. I was like feeling the Holy Spirit like through that right there. Hold up. Wow. That was incredible. I mean, I love all of Shaka's music. She can have a bad, she cannot have a bad song, but some of them just hit me. To this day, I Know You, I Live You still remains a dance anthem. But to really understand the depth of her artistry, one must listen to her eponymous 1982 album, Shaka Khan. Twisted shows she's at home singing rock music. And she even tries her hand at country western music on Best in the West. Best in the West, that's your name. But one of the best showcases of her vocal and artistic excellence is Bebop Medley. In this song, Shaka makes a medley out of six jazz standards. Covering a vocal range of over three octaves in five minutes. She sings all the layers of the front and backing vocals. This song earned her a Grammy Award and praise from critics calling her one of the greatest interpreters of jazz music in the modern era. But this album is also important because it shows the development of Shaka's voice as a whole. The album opens up with a fiery tearing it up. And two things you'll notice firsthand is that the bottom of the voice has gained a lot of juice and power. But the top of the voice, Shaka's now showing a newfound fearlessness and freedom that she never had before. Like 
and you can really hear it when she sings it live. Shaka's entering her thirties, which is around the time that a woman's adult voice begins to come in. It should be noted that her singing with the band Rufus was more of a showcase of her power and not her vocal range. So not having to worry about singing as high or as low as possible allowed her voice and her range to fill out and mature wonderfully. This would probably be the best time to understand what kind of voice Shaka is. When you listen to her albums and watch her live performances, her lowest sustained note with vibrato seems to be around low D. Her high sustained note with vibrato is high A. So her comfortable sustained singing range is low D to high A. But the center of her voice where she does most of her singing seems to be around low G to high E. So she has notes above this, obviously, but if you listen to her sing Tearing It Up, which sits at the top of her comfortable singing range, She gets tired as she said so herself. Which which part do you want me to do first? The face. Oh my. Oh. So all signs show that this is more than likely a mezzo-soprano instrument. The follow-up to the Shaka Khan album, I Feel For You, is a major turning point for her vocally, personally, and professionally. Something you've now heard is that over the years, Shaka's been slowly bringing the horn sound down throughout her entire range. And by the time I feel for you's release, the transition is nearly complete. The top of the voice sounds even more horn-like. It's a fact. Amazon has created over 40,000 millionaires. But how'd they do it? Okay. So, to me, she got nasally, more nasally. But then she was like, seeming like she was protecting her voice too. Yeah, this makes me want to get vocal lessons too. Like for real, I'm not even playing. I was trying to practice with this one I found on YouTube, but I haven't shown the discipline to do it regularly. This is Black Music Archive, by the way. Called there's a series called Explained, and they do a bunch of women's voices. I was gonna play a few of them if you. Feel inclined to hang out with me? Feel inclined, all rights reserved. This is all for entertainment and educational purposes. So I hope you're having a great evening.
the center of the voice has now taken on a horn quality that wasn't always there before. <laughs> But you really have to listen to the album to hear these changes in her voice, because in live performance, she is rarely in good voice. The thing about success is this. No one can predict when it will come. And when it comes, no one can tell you how to handle it. The I Feel For You album would send Shaka into pop superstardom. It was a kind of success that she had never had with Rufus or her earlier solo records. The album has her working more than ever. And because she's now had this massive success, there's a lot of pressure for her to now maintain it. This would lead to label issues because her remaining 80s albums are failed attempts to replicate the pop success of I Feel For You. So, to cope with all this pressure and everything that's happening, Shaka turns to drugs, alcohol, and partying. When, when the first hit, when you had the first big song, what was going through your head at that time? Like, drugs? <laughs> oh, wow, okay. A bad system. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Lord. Okay, okay. So you don't quite remember it then? Shaka has said herself she doesn't remember most of the 70s or the 80s because she was high majority of the time. So she's smoking cigarettes, doing drugs such as heroin and cocaine, as well as drinking alcohol. And not to mention she isn't getting any sleep. All of these things dry out the voice. So if you watch her live in the mid to late 80s, you will see that she is hoarse a lot. There's a lot of air throughout the entire voice, and there were some instances in which she didn't even have a speaking voice. Somewhere over the rainbow, what am I doing? This is not my song. Can we talk? Good. Now, which way is that happening anyway? She's been transparent about using drugs since the early 1970s. But if you watch her on stage in the 70s and early 80s, you wouldn't be able to tell. But it isn't until these mid to late 80s years that she visibly looks out of it on stage. But when the voice is in decent condition, you'll hear that everything is functioning and working as well as it ever has. She can still easily transition between her registers. Some things leave you guessing. Marketing by suggesting ways.
All right, all right, I get the hint. You want me to do somebody else. Angela Wimbush. You know, I don't know if they have an Angela Wimbush. They should have an Angela Wimbush. Uh, they have a Tony Braxton one I watched. That was pretty incredible. They have Aretha. That was pretty interesting. Phyllis Hyman. You want to check out that Phyllis Hyman? You want to check out Phyllis Hyman? But let's just check out Angela Wimbush anyway, because I just love me some Angela Wimbush, who does not get her props as much as she should. And I think it's because of her, you know, being married to the Isley brother, you know, but that's shameful because she's amazing. What? What? Don't, what? how about I spell it right? How about that? Wimbush. There we go. They definitely dinging me, all rights reserved. Everybody who would like to donate, I would surely appreciate it. Cause I'm definitely, definitely not getting no monetization. <laughs> Thank you. All rights returns. All right. This is for this is for entertainment and educational purposes. Let's check this. Wait, first of all, her voice is just like silky butter. God damn it. And number two, who knew she was really with Renee? Did you really know she was with him? Did you know he was slapping her around? This lovely angel, this voice, this angel voice. He was smacking her around. Yeah, he was abusing her a lot. Isn't that sad? Allegedly. 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 In your eyes shine pictures of this time for us. I'm melt with love. When I lift kiss, silent words move the earth and shake my world. But nothing moves as much. another one she's got so many she's just you could just put her on and meditation she's a meditation she just really is the fresh timer and 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 i think that the isley dude beat the renee dude up you know what i'm saying uh and took her from him you know what i'm saying like it was some shit some gangster shit like that i do believe i, I can't really remember the story anymore it's been a long time but it was some wild shit, like, yeah, like he saved her life kind of shit. Allegedly. All right, this is her. This is the Tommy Code Show. This is where the information purpose. 
Have y'all heard any love songs lately? Are there any new love songs or is everything this nigga did that with the boom? It's my birthday, birthday. I mean, any any love songs recently? Uh, what's that girl didn't mean to turn you on? She was poppy R&B-ish. I liked her. She had a little lisp. What's her name? Sherelle. Sherelle, wasn't she adorable? But she could still sing though. <laughs> On a whole nother side note, did y'all know her and Pebbles was first cousins? Pebbles. I love me some Pebbles, too. But this one. Lispy, little cute cutie pie, redhead. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. You look good to me. She had a bunch of little hits. They had some hits. 
They really did. I'm trying to find the one. Not the Saturday Love. It's, it's one one of her first ones. Um, I'm trying to find it. I'm sorry. Once bitten, that shit bump, huh? My once bitten, that shit bump. Twice shy. Stephanie Mills too. I'm just. I don't really like Stephanie Mills like that though. You know what I'm saying? But I'm definitely like respecting, you know, um, her. But I just don't want to play her music. Nah, I'm only playing people I like. You know what I'm saying? Shit. But the one Sherelle, when she was like, it was one of her first songs. I think it's it's with um, what's his name, Alexander O'Neill. But it's an old one though. It's an old one. I don't think this is it. Anyways, keep moving. Yeah, they all coming back to me now. <laughs> Yeah, the jams, man. Yeah, you know, it's a cool thing living in Las Vegas. A lot of people come through here and do shows and stuff. Hey, hey, this some black people shit right here. White people, if y'all like this shit, y'all are okay at the barbecue, okay? This is the kind of stuff we used to bump. We still bump. At the bar, it just, it's the blackest, it, I, I don't know. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, they're the blackest men in America. And Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle have the blackest voices in America. Look at this. They, it just make you want to make some fucking black eyed peas right now. Rip this. Eat the pups. It ain't that one though, but let's not front like Jermaine Jackson wasn't popping. Let's not front like Jermaine Jackson was not cracking. I know he's not a woman or whatever the fuck, but it was. He wasn't happy being number two. God damn it. You live in a Michael Jackson world. Man, you would have been number one. But... And he got Iman in the book. That's Iman, y'all. Remember this shit? Jermaine was popping. Jermaine was popping. Magari, la prossima volta. Why don't you do what you do when you did what you did to me? Oh, and your favorite I feel so good to feel that on my knee. I was crazy for you. You were crazy for me. How could something so right go so wrong? 
I like Jermaine's S. Curl esque hair. I loved it. I love Jermaine. Jermaine was my absolute, the finest one was Marlon. Quit playing. Like Marlon Jackson was the one. But Jermaine, definitely. Michael, that's a no brainer. You know, you know, Randy just started looking weird when he got older. I don't know. Tito, he was always looking like everybody's dad, even at like 13. And Jackie, that Jackie's just a superhero. Like I, I met all of them too. I'm so appreciative and thankful that I've been able to meet, you know, some of my, my heroes in life. You know what I'm saying? I call them my DNA brethren and sistren, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we I was born into knowing who the Jacksons were, you know. Shit, he'd been listening to ABC since I was born. You know what I mean? But um, I had a bunch of stuff saved for y'all to listen to and watch, but I don't know if how y'all feel. How y'all feel out there? Give me some feedback, you know, because I did the Tony Braxton one and the Aretha Franklin one is pretty interesting. They all had that soul glow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. I mean, I really do want to show y'all this one. What is this? This is the Jennifer Holiday. Well, let me just play this shit right here. Hey, ladies. And if you like it, cool. If not, you could go to the bathroom or order you some chicken or something. I don't know. But this is what I'm doing this evening. And I thank you for joining me. And she was like, Support or breath support is the act of engaging the muscles in the chest cavity during the inhalation and exhalation of breath. Some singers, such as Montserrat Caballé, were taught and teach breath support by telling their students to lie down. Let's do it quick now. One, two, three, up. And what this exercise does is gets you to visualize and to feel the stomach muscles, the proper muscles needed to support the voice. Another way to get this feeling is by pretending you're trying not to laugh. You know, let me hold this laugh in. You feel the tightening in that stomach and rib area? Those are the muscles you need to support. When you're properly supporting the voice, you're using your body, the muscles in your stomach, back, legs, thighs, and booty. People don't understand that singing is a very physical activity. Hold up. That was incredible. Oh, my stream. My stream has ended? Am I still on? Is my stream still on? No, because I played the Jacksons. Hold on. Let me see what's going on. Let me see. Hold on. Am I still on? Y'all let me know. The end of my stream, hold up.
Hold up. Let me check. Y'all give me some feedback. Let me know. Damn, I can't play the Jacksons. That's what it was. I played the Jacksons. Bill, can you bring my phone down? You think it's back? No. It, it, are we back on? I can't play the Jacksons. That's what I, damn. Oh, I was going to say, can you bring my phone down, son? But I guess we're back. I just can't play Jermaine. That sucks. <laughs> Don't, just put it down, son. Just put it down. Nah, put it back where I had it, please. Please. Thank you. You shouldn't have been touching it. Can I break it? No. I paid for it, and I'll take it back. Please just go upstairs. Thank you. Thank you. Now, these Chloe and Hallie chicks are pretty good. You know, I like their little voices, you know. Do you like Chloe and Hallie? Oh, my God. They took me. I wonder. Let me try. I don't even know if I could play Chloe and Hallie because they're Beyonce people. And I do know that um, I can't play Beyonce. At Wilson. So we shall see. But thanks for hanging in there with me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I can't play no Jackson stuff. I think that might be it. But anyway, let's check out this Chloe. These are the new kids. These are the they're pretty tired, but I'm not gonna play the That's about as much of the song I like. All right, let's keep moving. I mean, they're cute, and and I like them, okay? Don't get me wrong. I just don't like their songs that much. They're, they're okay. They're, they're, come on, let's, let's keep it fucking real. I get around and stop it. I don't have to like them just because you like them. I like them. You know, they're cute little girls, young women. I think they're better as a duo. duo. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Hallie's new song though. Have you heard Angel? That's my stuff though. That's like a, I really re respect that song a lot. And that girl, Chloe has stage presence like none other. I really like her stage presence. I don't necessarily like when she licking microphones and all this. She was doing a little much, but you know, I get it. She rebelling, being a little teeny young woman, whatever. But, um, I like them, you know. I just don't be like, oh, let me just bump some Chloe and Hallie. Yeah, I would know. But um, but they're cool and I'm glad they're out there. You know what I'm saying? People talk a lot about this Normani sister. I like Normani. I'm not bumping her. SZA, a lot of people love SZA. She's got interesting vocal, like how she be doing her thing, you know what I'm saying? But I don't like what she's talking about. She's always talking about being somebody's mistress or girlfriend of while somebody with somebody. Trash, you know. I, don't, I wouldn't want her as my friend. You, you just try to sleep with my man. What the fuck I want you around for? So no, I don't I don't like her selection of music, but her actual style, yes, you know what I mean. But um, let's see. I had some I had some people lined up to show y'all. No. 
but I didn't know if y'all wanted to watch it. There's this chick. Now, I know that the BET Awards, whatever, they might cut this off, but y'all just let me know if they do. Is it gone now? Yeah, see, I can't place Chloe. And Am I back? Am I off again? Am I back on? My stream is suspended now. Oh, see, you can't play these people. It's so annoying. It's like, come on. But this chick right here, I like her talent. Jeez, I don't know. I'm not trying to be in violation. All rights reserved. This chick right here, I haven't been impressed with a, a woman performer aside from uh, Beyonce as of late. Or Kelly. Kelly's kind of dope. You know, Kelly from... Destiny's Child. But other than that, nah, I ain't really been impressed too much. Well, I mean, no, Doja Cat is okay. She can be dope. She can be dope. Um, and that Chloe girl, her her stage presence is really great. But this girl right here caught me. She's really dope. And I think she is from like South Africa or somewhere. Now it's doing that every time I play something. All rights reserved. This is for educational. Let me see what happens. We don't take it, it's all okay. Fools all right if we all get paid. Sucks on fire, and we all too high to be not okay. To be not okay. All night long going off. Nine, nine hoes been all them. Sun gon' shine and they all gon' grind till they all get fine and they all get shit. All of them persuaded you to be my baby. We said we F baby and the F is for Let's go, y'all. How does it feel to be the dead bitch? How does it feel to be the dead bitch? How does it feel to be the dead bitch? How does it feel to let the let go? How does it feel to let the let go? How does it feel to let the let go? Crazy, yeah. Look at your baby, yeah. Look at your 
See, she looks like she rehearsed, though. Uh-oh, it cut off again. I swear to God. Okay, all rights reserved. I'm done playing people's stuff for now. Good grief. Yeah, they be real serious. They cut me off again? Yeah, they getting real strict about that stuff. Am I back on now? Yeah, I can't play people's stuff. That's why a lot of these podcast people are really kind of, uh, you know, moving to Patreon or moving to other places because YouTube has gotten a crisis. Yeah, it's just, yeah, they're getting more strict. Well, people are getting more serious about the copyright. I mean, you know, the artist is not getting paid like they should. And then the labels... They're not getting money like they used to, you know, from American artists. So are we back on? Let me know, guys. Let me know if we're back on. Let me know if we're back on. Are we back on? Let me know, please. Let me know in the comments. Well, anyway, I'm going to get off of here and go on with my evening. But thanks for hanging out. All right. All right, y'all. Peace.